My head is weak. Dr. Middleton's language is trying to a head like mine, but I can speak positively on the essential points. He spoke of himself as ready to be impassioned advocate for the suitor for my daughter's hand. Those were his words. I understood him to entreat me to intercede with her. Nay, the name was mentioned. There was no concealment. I am certain there could not be a misapprehension, and my feelings were touched by his anxiety for Sir Willoughby's happiness. I attributed it to a sentiment upon which I need not dwell. Impassioned advocate, he said. We are in a perfect maelstrom, cried Lady Bush, turning to everybody. It's a complete hurricane, cried Lady Calmer. A light broke over the faces of the patern ladies. They exchanged it with one another. They had been so shocked as to be almost offended by Lady Bush, but their natural gentleness and habitual submission rendered them unequal to the task of checking her. "'Is it not,' said Miss Eleanor, "'a misunderstanding that a change of name will rectify?' "'This is by no means the first occasion,' said Miss Isabel, "'that Willoughby has pleaded for his cousin Vernon. "'We deplore extremely the painful error into which Mr. Dale has fallen. "'It springs, we now perceive, from an entire misapprehension of Dr. Middleton.' vernon was in his mind it was clear to us impossible that it could have been willoughby you see the impossibility the error and the middletons here said lady bush oh if we leave unilluminated we shall be the laughing-stock of the county mr dale please wake up do you see you have been mistaken lady bush he woke up I may have mistaken Dr. Middleton. He has a language that I can compare to a review day of the field forces. But I have the story on authority that I cannot question. It is confirmed by my daughter's unexampled behavior. And if I live through this day, I shall look about me as a ghost tomorrow. Dear Mr. Dale, said the patern ladies compassionately. Lady Bush murmured to them, you know the two did not agree they did not get on i saw it i predicted it she will understand him in time said they never and my belief is they have parted by consent and letty dale wins the day at last yes now i do believe it the ladies maintained a decided negative but they knew too much not to feel perplexed and they betrayed it, though they said, Dear Lady Bush, is it credible? Indecency? Dear Mrs. Mountstuart, Lady Bush invoked her great rival appearing among them. You come most opportunely. We are in a state of inextricable confusion. We are bordering on frenzy. You and none but you can help us. You know, you always know. We hang on you. Is there any truth in it? A particle? Mrs. Mountstuart seated herself regally. Ah, oh, Mr. Dale, she said, inclined to him. Yes, dear Lady Bush, there is a particle. Now do not roast us. You can, you have the art. I have the whole story. That is, I have a part. I mean, I have the outlines. 
I cannot be deceived, but you can fill them in. I know you can. I saw it yesterday. Now tell us, tell us. It must be quite true or utterly false. Which is it? Be precise. His fatality, you called her. Yes, I was sceptical. But here we have it all come round again. And if he, the tale is true, I shall own you infallible. Has he and she? Both. And the Middletons here? They have not gone. They keep the field. And more astounding, she refuses him. And to add to it, Dr. Middleton intercedes with Mr. Dale for Sir Willoughby. Dr. Middleton intercedes? This was rather astonishing to Mrs. Mountstuart. For Vernon. For Vernon, Miss Eleanor emphasized. For Vernon Whitford, his cousin, said Miss Isabel, still more emphatically. Who, said Mrs. Mountstuart, with a sovereign lift and turn of her head, speaks of a refusal? I have it from Mr. Dale, said Lady Bush. I had it, I thought, distinctly from Dr. Middleton, said Mr. Dale. That Willoughby proposed to Letitia for his cousin Vernon, Dr. Middleton meant, said Miss Eleanor. Her sister followed. Hence this really ridiculous misconception. Sad indeed, she added for balm to Mr. Dale. Willoughby was Vernon's proxy, his cousin, if not his first, is ever the second thought with him. But can we continue such a discussion? Mrs. Mountstuart gave them a judicial hearing. They were regarded in the country as the most indulgent of non-entities, and she as little as Lady Bush was restrained from the burning topic in their presence. She pronounced, Each party is right, and each is wrong. A dry, I shall shriek, came from Lady Bush. Cruel, groaned Lady Calmer. Mixed, you are all wrong, disentangled, you are each of your right. Sir Willoughby does think of his cousin Vernon. He is anxious to establish him. He is the author of a proposal to that effect. We know it, the patern ladies exclaimed, and Letitia rejected poor Vernon once more. Who spoke of Miss Dale's rejection of Mr. Whitford? Is he not rejected? Lady Calmer inquired. It is in debate, and at this moment being decided. Oh, do be seated, Mr. Dale, Lady Bush implored him, rising to thrust him back to his chair if necessary. Any dislocation and we are thrown out again. We must hold together if this riddle is ever to be read. Then, dear Mrs. Mountstuart, we are to say that there is no truth in the other story. You are to say nothing of the sort, dear Lady Bush. Be merciful, and what of the fertility, as positive as the pole to the needle? She has not refused him. Ask your own sagacity. Accept it. Wait. And all the world's ahead of me. Now, Mrs. Mountstuart, you are the oracle. Riddles, if you like. Only speak. If we can't have corn, why give us husks? Is any of us able to anticipate events, Lady Bush? Yes, I believe that you are. 
I bow to you, I do sincerely. So it is another person for Mr. Whitford? You nod. And it is our Letitia for Sir Willoughby? You smile. You would not deceive me? A very little, and I run about crazed and howl at your doors. And Dr. Middleton is made to play blind man in the midst? And the other person is? Now I see day, an amicable rupture and a smooth new arrangement. She has money. She was never the match for our hero. Never. I saw it yesterday, and before, often, and so he hands her over to thrum-tum-tum, to thrum-tum-tum. Lady Bush struck a quick march on her knee. Now isn't that clever guessing? The shadow of a clue for me, and because I know human nature. One peep, and I see the combination in a minute. So he keeps the money in the family, becomes a benefactor to his cousin by getting rid of the girl, and succumbs to his fatality. Rather a pity he let it ebb and flow so long. Time counts the tides, you know, but it improves the story. I defy any other county in the kingdom to produce one fresh and living to equal it. Let me tell you, I suspected Mr. Whitford, and I hinted it yesterday. Did you indeed? said Mrs. Mountstuart, humouring her excessive acuteness. I really did. There is that dear good man on his feet again, and looks agitated again. Mr. Dale had been compelled both by the lady's voice and his interest in the subject to listen. He had listened more than enough. He was exceedingly nervous. He held on by his chair, afraid to quit his moorings, and manners, he said to himself unconsciously aloud, as he cogitated on the libertine way with which these chartered great ladies of the district discussed his daughter. He was heard and unnoticed. The supposition, if any, would have been that he was admonishing himself. At this juncture Sir Willoughby entered the drawing-room by the garden window, and simultaneously Dr. Middleton by the door. End of chapter 45 Read by Lars Rolander